What's up, man? We're gonna have uh, <laughs> we're gonna have Bill on today. He um, is hosting us for this Veterans REI project, which I'm extremely excited about. Although my guess is, when are you gonna release this? Is this gonna come out? It's got to come out before the event. Absolutely. Well, I'm speaking about Burr. So anybody who wants to learn about Burr, buy your tickets, come see me speak, and then I already have planned to take over this entire interview because Bill is doing flipping. I'm a new flipper, and so I'm just gonna make this whole thing about myself. Perfect. Well, I don't really know what else I need to say. If you don't know who Bill Allen is, uh, you should, and you will when you're done listening to this. Bill was on my show about a year ago before Alex was a piece of this and before Bill had taken over seven figure flippers. And so this is going to be entertaining because at the time Bill was Bill and now Bill is a, a much bigger deal with a much, I mean, he's, he's just got a really cool brand. He's doing very, very good things. And honestly, I went to his event last year and uh, just very impressed by what he does and how, who he is as a person. So it was really cool to be able to get him back on the show. And yes, we are going to release this before the virtual event. So if you haven't got your tickets, the link will be down in the show notes. The Veterans REI Live, which was going to be in St. Louis, now it's going to be virtual, but we've got a whole bunch of veteran real estate investors talking about what they do. I will be talking about networking and content marketing. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. What's up, everybody? It's Dave from the Military Millionaire Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex Felice, and the Mr. Bill Allen, who, for those of you who don't know, if you don't know who Bill Allen is, he is now the head of Seven Figure Flippers, which puts on Flip Hacking Live, which is an incredible event that I went to last year. But he's also a Navy pilot, still in the reserves, obviously a veteran, and runs a extremely successful business, wholesaling, flipping, and I, I could probably go on and on. Uh, Bill is just an impressive individual. So I'm going to shut up and let him take it away. Bill, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dave. Thanks for having me back. I remember the first one of these we did. It was a while ago. So uh, lot of, lots changed since then, I think. so. Yeah, let's hear a little bit about that. Uh, well, you had not taken over seven-figure flippers at that point. So uh, could you kind of walk us through, well, I guess, a little bit about yourself and, and where you're at right now? Yeah, I think, uh, I think when we talked last, I was, so I was the COO for the company before that. And um, so if you know anything about the, the company, it's we help other wholesalers and house flippers basically kind of like unlock freedom is kind of the, the, the concept that I've created since I've taken over. It's, it used to be just, let's figure out how to get them to make more money. And what I realized a lot of people come in, it's not necessarily about money uh, that, that starts that way, but some people want a company that does, you know, 20, 30 houses. Some people want a company that does $10 million. So everybody's a little bit different. So that the name seven figure flipping, a lot of times people think like, do I already have to be doing seven figures? What does it look like? So we just basically get together and mastermind and help like figure out how we can share different concepts, different strategies and things like that. Help systemize our business. So we kind of, you know, design our own life. Right. So, um, so it, it was June or July of last year, it was June of last year, 2019, when the owner, Justin Williams, he came to me and he said, Hey, I I'm, it's about time for me to start thinking about doing something else. Um, I, I just, I'm thinking about selling the company. Would you be interested in buying it? And we talked a little bit and uh, came to a deal and an agreement. And sure enough, by July 1st, I own the company and 
I had to come up with a plan to get a live event together in three months and make changes and redesign all the logos and make it my own. So I spent uh, a lot of like countless, uh, like countless hours working on that in July, August. I still remember it was tough, but, uh, we put on a great event for packing live. You were there, Dave. So you saw it. Um, uh, I think it turned out really, really well. And we're uh, obviously prepping for that now. So that's what that company looks like. And my real estate company, pretty much same thing that, that we talked about before my COO is running it. He's a, he's an animal. He's awesome. And, uh, there's not a lot that I have to do over there. So it's kind of, he's running it day to day. And uh, now I'm working, you know, 60, 70 hours in the seven figure flipping company. Yeah. You, I will say on flip hacking live that, uh, as far as events go, Content wise, that was probably the best event that I've been to. It's probably the only event that I've been to where I've actually sat in all the sessions. So it was, it was very well done. Well, there, that's by design a lot of times. So, so the, the, the reason people don't sit, if you, if you run an event or you go to an event, when you get a, uh, you get a program and it has every topic and at the time that they're, they're speaking, you'll, you'll look in there and say, I don't really need to see that. Um, I'm going to go take a call during this, uh, this one. And so I specifically designed the event not to tell people exactly who's speaking, what the topics are, things like that. This is the sessions. Because what I found is a lot of times we, we don't know what we need when we come to events like that. And it's very easy to miss something. So and if you've ever come to any of my events or anything that we do, I'm just, I'm, I'll apologize ahead of time. I'm not going to tell you who's speaking when. I'm not going to answer you when you ask me, like, when is this person on? Because I know that what you're doing when people come to an event, they look at the program, they're like, what, what event can I skip? And sometimes like that one thing, you need that one thing and you don't know what it is. If you knew what it was, you don't even need to go there. Like you would have already figured it out. Like you came there to find, get the epiphany, to get that thing, that, that one little tip that's going to change your business and you could, you could miss it. So I highly recommend if you're going to pay the money, you're going to fly out to these events and attend the whole thing, like sit through it. And I, look, I've gotten up and left it, but at least I checked the speaker. Like if the speaker is not holding me, it's just not good, then sure, maybe I'll, uh, I'll make a, a transition. But it's my job to figure out how to, like you said, put every speaker on there that's going to uh, hold your attention and give you content. So same thing with the event that we have coming up. So I need that so badly because I go to conferences and for me, it's just vacation. Let's go hang out at the bar for three days straight. And I go to very few sessions generally and probably to my detriment. <laughs> yeah, you know, it... it so I was that way too. Um, I love going to events and, but the interesting thing is I'm more of the, like the fact seeker. I'm more of like the knowledge. I, I'm, I'm take my, I take the notebook there and I just take notes and notes and notes and notes. And, and then there's people who just want to network. Like they go there, they want to talk. Like they're just people, uh, they're just people, people. Right. And it's not that's So you guys, yeah. So yeah, you're going to be over by the bar. You're going to be chatting. You're going to be like, I can get more out of this in small groups than I can in like you know, one to many presentations. So I understand that. That's why we try to structure it where we have a lot of that built into um, for those people. But um, I, a lot of time, and that might be what you think you need. So uh, it's my, you know, our job is we put on events like that to figure out how, how do we hit the 80%? Like, how do we make 80% of the people happy? And, um, and how do we make sure that we, you know, deliver, and it's set up to deliver that content correctly? Like, uh, Dave, you probably saw like, I, it take, I take seven months to design that event and plan it. And we, we throw ideas out and we scrap them and then we change it. And even before the event, like we're still fine tuning it the day before we're fine tuning the program and like making change and then in real time we're making changes, but it has to build a certain way. And it's by design, like this speaker, then this speaker, they build on each other or these concepts or strategies or structure of uh, real estate investing. And if you just throw the speakers in there randomly, the audience doesn't feel like they're watching um, almost like a, like a movie. 
or like a play, right? You're seeing three days that it's building on itself and uh, kind of going up and going down. So um, it, I have an awesome event planner. Like without them, I would just be like throwing stuff at the wall, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not that smart, so. Also, I, I dream that one day I'm cool enough to have an intro video like yours was for the event. That was, that, that was, that was solid. Yeah. I was watching your intro video. I'm like, man, like getting pumped. I'm like, hey, I know this guy. Hey, who's this? Whoa. He, oh, Superman. And anyway, so yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. that, I, I agree. Uh, my videographer did an awesome job on that. I told him what like the concept. What I just said, like, I want this song. And, uh, and then he came up with the whole concept. Did it all. It was I, the first time I saw it was like the, I was like 11 o'clock the night before. Cause we were just, we worked nonstop on that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. I agree. Um, yeah, he did an awesome job. Andre's amazing. So speaking of videography, talk to me about YouTube. That is very broad question. So talk to you about you YouTube. A, so I don't know. I don't know anything you got, about YouTube. You got What's a YouTube that? show coming out. We do have a YouTube show coming out. So, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily designed for YouTube because I don't, so I'm trying to learn YouTube. So I think social media is, is interesting, right? So everybody, every channel is a little bit different. So I do, uh, I've done some Facebook lives where I'll go publish on Facebook. And the interesting thing that I find about Facebook is it's just like a newspaper um, where it's just like, you don't go read the newspaper from last week or two days ago or uh, last month. People don't save newspapers. They throw them out, right? So your content just goes down and down and down on Facebook. So my live stream is great. I get views. Unless I boost it or I pay, pay traffic and run ads to it, that content is gone. Like nobody's watching reruns of, of my talk show, right? And so Instagram, you know, that's, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm trying to figure that out a little bit. My team just forced me over there. I have like uh, 200 friends on Instagram or uh, followers, whatever you call it. So like, I'm trying to figure that out personally. Right. And that's a little bit different. Like what, what goes over there where people are following hashtags and seeing images and, and different things. And then I think the interesting thing about YouTube is YouTube is a place where it's more like a sitcom. It's like a Seinfeld area where people can come and like watch your stuff and watch your shows and they can watch reruns and they can see all these different things. So um, this, the concept here where we, we created the show, like we created the show before we decided where to put it. Right. So the concept for the show was we, we have all these amazing members that are doing really cool stuff. And so what can we do with that? Like, how can we, I have this great videographer who, like Dave said, he produced this awesome intro. I specifically hired him. He's my lead manager in my other company. She's now my sales manager in my real estate company. It's her husband. He did, when I bought the company, I said, I need somebody to do this retirement video that I want to create for the previous owner as a gift. And we created this thing. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like, how can I hire you full time? And we figured it out. I moved him up here to Nashville. He quit his other job, brought him in full time. And so now we said, okay, what can we do? And so we're creating the show about a guy who's been flipping houses in seven days, like 30, $40,000 rehab houses in seven days. We created the show. And I said, where should we put it? How should we do it? And I've been personally playing around with YouTube with some of the CARES Act PPP stuff. And I've been able to get, you know, 5,000 views on a video of mine, a couple thousand views. When I only, I, we only have like, we had like a hundred subscribers then. So I was like, what, how, what works? Like thumbnails, content. Like I'm, I was, I played around with it for months, right? So behind the scenes of everything, like you see, I mean, we could get into conceptually what happens in, in business too. You see this person who's like this overnight success, but they've been working nonstop at it to try to figure it out. Like I've been putting in the time on my own, trying to figure it out, reading about it, researching it, all this stuff. So we had this video that came out, this, this, and I saw the video and I said, 
the first we saw, I saw the first three episodes, like rough cut of them. And I said, Holy smokes. Like this is, this is better than I thought it was going to be. Like I knew it was going to be good because I know the videographer, but it is, I, I think, I feel like we have taken, like pulled the curtain back from HGTV, like the, we're going to make this much money. And this is, we, we put real life people, real life, uh, uh, um, house flipping into a 10, it'll be 10 to 12 episodes. And I said, okay, what are we going to do with this? Like, how are we going to roll it out? What's the launch strategy going to be like? Where does it go? Where does it, where, how do we drive traffic to it? And it doesn't make sense to put it on Facebook or Instagram or any of these other places. Like YouTube is, seems to be the only place to house something like this. People can keep going back to it. They can watch it. It's almost like you can binge on Netflix just like you can on these YouTube videos. So, and then it'll recommend the next one. So anyway, long answer to your very short question of tell me about YouTube. That's kind of how I landed on YouTube for the show and like the idea and concept that I have for it. And I can tell you like how I plan to launch it if that's where you want to go. Uh, no, actually the evergreen binge uh, piece is yep. the piece that I've been focusing on for six months. Now I do my own videography and I'm kind of doing my own flips. Uh, I don't have the, uh, I'm behind where you are, it sounds like, but I'm ramping up extremely fast for those same reasons. Um, I like that it's evergreen. I like that it's binge worthy. And I like that, uh, well, I, all I do is real. So I figure over time, um, YouTube is a, is a tremendous, uh, is a tremendous magnet. So no, I mean, uh, what I was curious was if you, that was my strategy. And so it sounds like, uh, sounds like, well, if you're right, then I'm right. Not well, only. we'll find out if I'm right. But I think, I think well, the answer here is like at each piece of content, there's, there's a different strategy for what you're creating. And like I, what I, what I really, I see the problem that I have is I want to do it all, right? I want to be like, okay, I got this thing up Facebook. I got YouTube. We have Instagram. We have like, what, what, what do we do with it all? Like, where does it go? We don't use all the other stuff like TikTok and Periscope and all this other stuff that people are, are also, or Twitter. Like I'm not on Twitter. I just don't understand that platform. It's just not, I, I and the problem that I have is if we lose focus on that, like right now and podcast. So I have a podcast and the podcast is probably our number one a traffic source. Like number one traffic source for me is, is my podcast. So when we started getting in YouTube, I, I just said, well, why don't we just take our podcast and we, we record video just like this. Why don't we post it on YouTube? People are going to watch it, right? No, they're not. Like they're not just going to watch an hour long podcast and me doing an interview on there. It's my talk show, right? Like people are going to listen to it in the gym and, and carry around. So some people will watch it on YouTube and it, you know who does? It's the people who are on YouTube that are also like follow us already. It's not like new subscribers and new traffic that are going to watch that. And then, so we played around with thumbnails and was like, I was like, man, we are not cracking this code. So you got a couple options. You can quit or you can figure out, okay, what's the, what's the strategy now? So now what we do is we're building up pressure. Like I want to build up pressure for the show and then I want to launch it. So like, we're going to, my, my plan for this is I'm going to launch it on Monday night at eight o'clock central. And we're, like, I have a community of people that follow me that are, that, um, that, you know, will follow us that Tyler, Tyler Jensen is the guy in Salt Lake city who's doing it. And they'll be watching with us. I'll be commenting on there. We'll be talking. We'll launch it like a premiere, like a live premiere. And it'll be scheduled. It'll all be ready to go. And then the next thing that we're going to do is I'm going to do a, um, a, a YouTube live later in the week to talk about that episode. So an episode's going to drop once a week. And it'll be the same time, same week, premiere once a week. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. Like it's, the, it's, not, uh, it's not done yet. I don't know if it's... but. I'll tell you the content is so good that I, I'm excited about the future of it. Well, the other cool thing, I mean, you both mentioned Evergreen and you're spot on because I mean, I, shoot, I've got a video that still gets like 40 views a day and I, it's over a year old and I'm nothing special on the video. Um, but 
the other big thing with YouTube is that it's owned by Google. So it's, it's the second largest search engine in the world. And so you can rank videos on YouTube that show up. And so I've got a video or several now where if you type in, you know, whatever keyword, my face pops up as the video above my blog even does for that. So yeah, YouTube's, YouTube's huge if you get the right content. Um, and so I think that'll also, do very well. Also, YouTube works on momentum. So the bigger you get on YouTube, the more that YouTube drives people to you. And so it's a, it's a, they, it's a persistence game for sure. I got a buddy who's been doing it and he's, he's just doing talking heads, but he's been doing it long enough now. And it's like, well, he got 2000 subscribers and then got 5,000 really quick. And now he's up to 25,000 and it's making him real money. And it's, he's not doing anything different. It's just, I think YouTube doesn't want to reward the people who have been doing it for three months. They want to reward the people who've been doing it for three years. For that exact reason, well, I, because they want you to have enough content so they can go back and binge. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, I think that just, it sh if anybody's listening and wants to get into content creation, the, the thing is that, that I found is you expect a result right away. And that's the problem that we have a lot of times. What I think you want to do is you want to just constantly publish and create stuff and put content out there and see what works and see what doesn't work and test different things. Like I was testing different thumbnails. I took my iPad and for my uh, Cares Act stuff, I just wrote words on there to create different thumbnails. Like if you go to our seven figure flipping YouTube channel, you'll see, I have a cares act section where I was talking about PPP, the 10, I, I basically was creating those videos for my community. Anyway, I was going to drop them in my private Facebook group for our mastermind members and in my public Facebook group. And I said, you know what? I'll drop them in there, but I'll just put the link from YouTube in there. I put it on YouTube and there's one that like 5,000 people found it. So then I'm like, okay, what did I do? What did I write in the description? What learn more and more about it. But, the thing is with content is like how many, so uh, there's, a, there's a marketing guy that I follow. His name's Russell Brunson. You guys may have heard of him, but he talks a lot about this is just publishing is so important because how many, how many Netflix shows did you hear about on season five or season six? And then you go back and watch season one, right? The same thing with content publishing. Like you talked about, Alex, like it take three years sometimes to get going. But if you stop creating and stop publishing, then your show never makes it to season two or season three. So people will go back to season one. So what I'm telling people right now is season one, episode one of this, because this is not going to be the end of this by any means for me. Like we, we already have plans to shoot the next show and the show after that. And we're like, I have four shows on the, on the storyboard right now that we're going to create 10 or 12 episodes. So I know that the people that now I'm going to get in front of season one, episode one, how many, how many shows, how many, when did you drop off of 24 season five, season six, season four? Like everybody, when did you stop watching, watching lost season four, season five, season seven, but everybody stops watching it. But who, who stopped, who didn't watch season one, episode one, everyone watches nope. it. So it's interesting to think about that. And as I'm talking to people who are being involved in this and maybe could have a little piece of this, that's the conversation that I'm having with them. Cause I don't know how big it's going to get, but I'm excited about it. I think it's, I think it's got some legs and I yeah. don't usually feel like everything that we do. I'm not as usually as excited about it as I am this. Well, and it's exponential. Like you said, like my, my channel grew, has grown over 30% in the last month. And, and it's just as it, as it gains momentum and as you get better at it, but as you gain, well, that's because you brought Alex on. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I walked in uh, post that on Instagram. That's a quote. That's a, that's a, that's a content piece right there. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's yeah, definitely the short Alex. clip that we can, like, we can. Thank you for everything you do for me, oh humble pink-shirted one. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you're you're right though on on the YouTube video. So Alex, you'll appreciate this on Tuesday and Thursday next week. Scott Trench is going to have two more. I basically took small clips 
two different clips out of that podcast to post them because I had the same realization that Bill had where like nobody watches the full podcast. So I took, I'm starting to, I'm trying to play with taking clips out of those to put up little YouTube video, like Bill Allen talks about this and just like that clip to see how those do as well. Well, the other great thing to do with those smaller clips is you take those and then you repurpose them on the, on the platforms where people will watch a minute. So we put, we'll take a minute of something and put it on Instagram and, and, or under a minute, and then we'll take some other stuff and put it on Facebook or I'll run a Facebook ad. So I will create content from the, from the YouTube TV show, whether it's a, uh, a trailer for the next episode or the trailer for the first episode or something, we'll create that specifically for another platform or that, you know, that, that can repurpose on both platforms, but I can't put an hour long TV show on Facebook. Just people are just put yourself in there. Like, what are you doing when you're watching that stuff? Like you're sitting at your computer watching YouTube and you're not just going to sit there for an hour. Like most of the people that are scrolling on Facebook are like, uh, unfortunately they're like on the toilet usually. So I think about that when I'm running ads for my company too. My, we run ads for our house, uh, house buying company. So what are people doing? They're usually in bed. Like if you don't have, uh, if you don't have subtitles, like who turns the audio on? Just think about how you use it. How do you use the platform and what's the purpose of it? And then what do those, um, what do the owners of the platform want to do with it? Like you said, Google owns uh, YouTube. So they want to turn it into a search engine. So what does your description say? What do your titles say? Like how do people find it? So that's what I had to realize. I was like, I'm not, I don't even write anything in the descriptions. Well, I do now. I write very specific keywords and, to make sure that it's, it's, I played with keywords nonstop for like a month with that CARES Act stuff to try to figure out. And that's when that one kind of took off. And so I said, okay, I got something here. I starting to understand it. Ooh, I finally got, I got an email yesterday. I got the loan. I'm not, I oh, nice. Think, I don't think I'm taking it though. They offered me a whopping four grand with a 30 year payback. And I'm like, I don't feel like owing the government for 30 years for something that's not going to make a dent in my finances. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and say thanks, but. I'm going to be okay. It's also important you. to note that Facebook and YouTube are competitors. So if you post your YouTube content on Facebook, it ranks low as far as I, as far as I'm told, yep. because they don't want you leaving Facebook to go to Google's essentially. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. And the same thing with ads on Facebook. Like if I can, Facebook is definitely going to, uh, you're going to prioritize my ad if I run it and keep them on Facebook instead of driving them to my website. So you really have to think about where you're driving your traffic, how you're capturing their information and um, all that stuff plays into your strategy with all of it. So let's talk about the event. Yeah. I was going to say, are we, are we moving to the event now? Sounds like we're moving to the event. Yeah. Well, before we do that, you have a YouTube channel. So I want to, uh, my, my show is going to be called the seven day flip. So I'm going to try to run ads on David's platform towards my YouTube channel. So, um, <laughs> but I think it's going to be really like fun it. like that. That's going to be fun. Like the, um, I think, I think a lot of your listeners, I, I think anybody can watch it. I think like just a, if somebody's watching HDTV right now, I'm hoping that we could create like the, uh, a platform that's going to just crush them because this is like real, real people flipping houses. And I'm excited to see what Alex, what you put together too. And I'm sure we can learn a lot from, from each other with that. It sounds like you're, uh, I've been watching your videos. Like I said, I, I subscribe to your channel. I'm, uh, I'm watching the biggest thing right now, if you're getting into content creation or what you're doing, whether you're a podcaster or uh, Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or, or Twitter or, or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, you know, think about like, just focus on one. I, my recommendation is start there and then figure out like, what is your strategy and build it out? So like I have a, a production strategy for our four channels of production is like, how do we produce that? What kind of content are we doing? And what's our, what's our delivery schedule? Like Tuesday and Thursday, my podcast come out Tuesday and Thursday. Everybody should know that. Those are the days. That's it. That's, that's our publishing uh, program. So um, I, and I hack the pros. Like I'm watching 
everybody. If somebody's got a bunch of followers, I go follow them. And I say like, what are they posting? What's working? Same thing in Instagram. I'm, I only, I'm trying to figure out Instagram right now. So I only follow like 20 people, but I follow the 20 people that are in my like dream 100 that I'm watching what they're doing. I'm seeing it and I'm saying, what's working? What's the most likes that they're getting? What's happening? And then I'm trying to, can I recreate that stuff? So try and figure it out. Alex, it sounds like you need to go watch Bill's video so you can learn how to record stuff. I subscribe. Well, you know, like I said, I do videography. So for me, this is both a challenge in real estate, but it's also a creative challenge for me, storytelling through video. Um, because I could, I, I wouldn't hire a video. I can't hire a videographer yet, but I also like the creative aspect. So for me, it's more of a, it, there's a, there's a deeper personal endeavor, uh, a challenge, the, the video storytelling. But so part of my channel is me learning videography, but also telling stories about real estate. Uh, what's interesting though, about the way you described your story, uh, what you're trying to produce is I have been quietly producing a 12 part series for bigger pockets uh, about real investors where we do probably not the same as you, but similar it, it, with people with different backgrounds. And we're trying to do, you know, HGTV for real estate investors um, instead of HGTV for homeowners. Uh, so I don't know that you sound like you have a great pr video production guy. So I'm still kind of new at it, but uh, I, it's one of those things where I don't ever, I don't care about season one. I care about season six. And so I'm playing for season six. Awesome. Yeah. Right. It sounds, sounds like we're doing something pretty similar. Like, uh, that's, that's like, I want to show real estate investors, like what's possible. We're not, we're not going to dive into the, like all like the, put the, the thing up there. Of, they bought it for this. They like, it's, it's really about like just showing you, like, I want to chat. We want to challenge the status quo. Like, can these guys get a house flipped in seven days that has $40,000 renovation costs? Like, can they do it? And then show you how and show you it's actually happening. This is real life. And I mean, they had some crazy things that happened. There was an earthquake in Salt Lake City. Their coronavirus happened. There was, it was a meth house. Uh, the government was shut down. Like all of this crazy stuff happens inside of here. It's, it's, I, I mean, the cool thing is we don't reveal whether they got it done until the end. So we'll see. I like it. All right. So veterans live. Talk to me. I mean, that's my vague Alex style question. Did I, did I yeah, this is, a, this is a, it's an interesting, interesting interview here. It's like uh, YouTube, tell me. <laughs> Veterans Live, tell me. So, um, you know, it's funny because, so uh, the three of us on this call are actually speakers at, on this event, uh, at this event. And we're actually talking about like kind of Dave's presentation, right? This content marketing uh, side of things, right? And, uh, and becoming a publisher. And so um, I don't know when it was, but it was probably like six months ago. Um, yeah, it was probably probably four, four months ago. It was like, Hey, we've got all these, um, all these veterans, all these, uh, active duty military folks, like building their own communities. It seemed like in a little silo and we are kind of working together, kind of not, but everybody kept telling me like, I want to do a live event. We should do a live event. I want to do a live event. And I was like, okay, well, when just go do it. And they're like, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know any of this stuff. The, the typical objection, right. To just go out and do it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know enough. I need to learn more. And I said, well, I've done a bunch of live events. So why don't we just figure it out? If we put it on the calendar, we schedule it and I book a place and I get a hotel and I put my money at risk and uh, kind of the field of dreams concept, right? If we build it, they'll come. So people will show up. And um, we, we did that. So uh, May 29th and 30th, we booked a hotel in St. Louis. And we, then we started saying, okay, who, who's going to talk? Who's going to speak at this? Who do you guys know? And we wanted it to be something... Uh, initially, the concept was more of like uh, 
the attendees will primarily be military folks, right? Um, veterans, active duty, reservists. Um, and now we kind of have said, does it, does it matter? Like we, we had to take it virtual, obviously, um, with COVID-19. I remember our first call all together. We're like, forget it. It's no big deal. We're, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to keep going. And um, I made the deposit on the hotel. And sure enough, um, it did become an issue, right? We couldn't travel. I mean, the DOD, I can't even go back down to Pensacola from Nashville until after June 30th. I can't, I can't even go back to my reserve unit until July at the earliest right now. So it's just not going to happen. So we went virtual and all these speakers, we, we went out and we, we kind of created a list. We put the call out and said, do you want to speak at this? Um, what, what would you speak about? What's your topic like? And we, we had like this, this draft picks, right? Uh, kind of had a list of one, two, and three. And the first person that we reached out to said yes in every niche. And we basically just found like, what would somebody who is interested in real estate investing, um, is coming out of the military or is just getting started or an experienced investor who might be looking at a different channel. And we're treating it kind of, we brought in kind of the experts from each industry or each niche inside of real estate, I should say. And they're going to speak on their topic. So on the thing that they're really good at, tell their story a little bit, talk about, um, like teach, uh, some of their concept, their topic. And, um, and then we got 20, we got 20 sessions over two days and, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm pumped about it. We don't have to lie to Alex. We can tell him he was the fourth or fifth pick. Save the best for fourth. <laughs> yeah. So, so I would say Dave, like, I know I, I don't know you guys well enough to really rib on you that much, but um, <laughs> Alex he does seem to be like the he does seem to be like the guy. I, I picked up on a few things, so I just like to jump in. Um, uh, the you know the the interesting thing is, so I reached out to Dave and uh, and Stu Grazier. So Stu and I know each other from um, from the the Navy, from the fleet. We were both uh, helicopter pilots over in San Diego, and um, and I know they were building communities and stuff like that. So they jumped in to help. Um, and some of the other uh, real estate folks that have some bigger networks. And we just said, I said, who do you guys know? Because I only knew a handful of people. There's probably, I could put together an event of three or four people that I know who are active duty or, or vets. And fortunately, they knew a bunch of people. And we kind of just said, okay, what do we want? What kind of topics do we want? And who do we want to go after? And um, everybody said, yeah, and they're showing up. And I know he's giving you a hard time, Dave, but you were obviously, uh, Alex, you were obviously the first, uh, first pick. So um, it's, I think it's great. I mean, the, the, the people that we have speaking are amazing. They're doing some incredible things and they're not necessarily, not all of them are necessarily the, like the biggest player in that industry, but th their story is directly relatable to a vet. Like they know what the veterans have gone through. Like we didn't go out to the number one podcast or the number one coach or the number one thing like that. Like it's, it's more about like, motivating and inspiring people based on their story and they know the audience, they know the people that we're trying to come across, like get across to, and they're going to be, I, I, it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so I'm excited. I think just right now in, in all honesty, like the struggle is when you have something really, really good, we, we talked about publishing and content creation, right? When you have something that's really, really good, the struggle is how do you get it out there? Like how do more people find out about it? How do you get something like this in, in the hands of everyone? Because it's not expensive. It's cheap to show up. You get all the recordings. You can go back and reference it on a regular basis. You don't even have to be there. And 100% of the money goes to charity. Not like 100% of the profits, not like 100% of like the money that comes in minus paying me for my time and Dave for his time and Stu for and all the speakers and travel and all that stuff. Like the speakers paid to buy a ticket to the live event. And then I asked, I asked them if they wanted their money back and nobody asked for their money back. They said, just put it towards a charity. This is really amazing to see that kind of dedication. So 
Um, we, we just agreed on the charity that we're going to uh, push the money towards and it's a charity called the veterans community project and they take they build tiny houses for homeless veterans and it's like $35,000 to, to donate a house so I'm hoping we can at least build one house with the money that we bring in and uh, so like my biggest thing is how do we get it out there to more people so obviously this is a good way and share it with a bunch of people that you know absolutely it's gonna be I'm very you guys think about it I'm very excited and I'm gonna deliver upon you the greatest piece of value that I can to the people who, uh, who attend because I want to make sure that, you know, everybody, well, certainly, uh, I'm, I'm happy that the money's going to charity. And then I also want to make sure that people get as much value as they can out of it. And, uh, despite all my smack talk and pink t-shirts, uh, I know what I'm talking about and I'm happy to, I'm really excited to share it with people. Yeah, I, I, well, you you know, Bill, we we talked. I was one of the people who mentioned that I wanted to start a live event at some point and had this excuse where I'm locked in a windowless vault and don't have a life. And I'm and I'm, and I'm really glad that you're excited. doing this. Sorry, I've been cutting you off all day. It's normal. The whole show's used to it. You can go for it. Uh, I'm really excited that you got that we well that you you're gonna do this. That we switched to virtual. And we're gonna do it anyways because uh, I think it sets a really good statement and a really good stage for next year when it is live you know yeah and you you mentioned you mentioned like season six right of of the show and that's what i think that's what we're playing for here too so uh, definitely here and you know this wasn't something where it's pre-planned big agenda stuff like that oh we can't have it we're not going to make enough money let's cancel it like and the the big testament to all the speakers too is that that i said hey we're going to go virtual you guys still want to do it and they're like, yeah, absolutely. I'll still speak. Not a single one of them dropped out. Not a single. In fact, one of them that actually couldn't make the live event actually said, yeah, I, I will do it now. I can do it. And I think it, it also allows for other people to, uh, to attend that are deployed, that are overseas, that um, maybe they can't even make those two days, but they want to join, get a ticket and grab the recordings afterwards. Um, you know, it, it gives us the opportunity to do lots of different things. We would have recorded it professionally anyways and, 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 given out the recordings of the live event and stuff. Um, and we, we've done, my company's done a couple live, uh, like live virtual events, I call them. So there's these live events that we would do live, but we do them in a virtual environment. And we've gotten really good at creating like more of an experience than just a long webinar, a two-day podcast or something, um, where we're really going to focus on the experience that the person that's coming has. And we've gotten good at it. And this is going to be another way that we can uh, we can deliver, and I think people will be pleasantly surprised with uh, what they get from a two-day uh, virtual event. Because you know, virtual event sounds like oh, I'm going to be sitting by my computer, watching, like, not interactive, not an experience, not any of that stuff. And we're going to change how they feel about that at this event. So I'm excited about it. It'll allow us to show like what we can really do too, and test us. So yep, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. All right, so we've talked about. YouTube, we've talked about events, but we haven't talked at all about real estate. So I am going to ask something kind of in that sphere. What it, I guess it's not directly in that sphere, but what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned over the last year with all your growth? Because I know you, you have essentially replaced yourself for, for a decent majority at your, at your job and your business has grown exponentially. So I'm just curious, like, what are some of the biggest lessons you've taken out of everything that you've done over the last year? People. People are the number one thing. So the only reason that I'm not in the day-to-day operations of my company is because my COO is an absolute amazing individual. He's a, he's incredible. And, and his leadership team, like our 
sales manager, our um, marketing director, our uh, lead intake reps, the, the dispositions manager, everybody on the team, like the, the leadership team, the, my, uh, my CFO, like all of those people are just phenomenal at what they do and they're truly dedicated to the company. So I think the leadership aspect that we learn in the military that we see throughout our lives, whether you're uh, a vet, a military person or not, but you're, you're leading yourself on a regular basis. You're leading your mindset, the way that you think, all this, your community, your family, your, your church group, anything. And to think back, like that's what it's all about is building a team. It's, I have a bunch of systems and processes and all these things. And people always say, oh, you're the systems guy. Like, what's the system? Give me the system. I'm like, it's the people. It's just, it's finding good people and it's, it's inspiring them and motivating them and casting the vision to them so they can see where they're going and get, like, get the buy-in from it. So like, that's the biggest thing for me is everybody's looking for that like silver bullet and you know, what it is, is just surrounding yourself with, and it doesn't have to be full-time staff. Like I have, it can be contractors. It can be the people that you work with, but, and, and the first step in all of that, what I've realized is it, it's your, your core values. So figure out who you are first, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And then you don't need to go like Alex is talking about, like, I can't hire a videographer because it's what I love to do. And it's what I'm really good at. And, and he shouldn't, he should go figure out his weaknesses and hire those things out and like pour into the strengths and make them really, really strong. And that's something that I hear people talk about all the time. It's like strength, work on your weaknesses. Like, no, don't like forget about them. Like be okay with having like figure out how you can turn that weakness into, into a strength some other way. And that's delegation. It's elevating and delegating yourself. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is um, I was afraid to hire that first person. I, I was deathly afraid of it. And over the last year, I, I mean, I have like 35, 40 people that work for me full time. So in two different companies. And so I'm kind of addicted to it, like it really figuring out how to um, just move the, move the puzzle pieces, the chess pieces around the board and get the right people in the right seats when you have that explosive growth. So that's my, that's my biggest recommendation is like you got to get over that at some point, like bringing in that first person or hiring that person or hiring something out because there's other people that can do it 10 times better than you. Your weakness is somebody else's strength. Don't, don't try to be good at what they're good at. Let them do it. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Sullivan has an awesome concept. It's the who, not the how. And uh, Dave, you've probably heard me talk about it. I talked about flip hacking live a little bit. Um, but everybody tries to figure out like how to do that. So that's my problem, right? You probably heard that in the beginning. I'm like, I'm on YouTube trying to figure out like how to, how it works and stuff like that. So I have an engineering background. I, I like to figure out the way things work. Um, it's a little bit of sometimes the problem that I have. Like I, I have trouble giving things up. I've learned over time that I need to do that. But Instead of figuring out how to do it, what happens is entrepreneurs, they get in this circle. They, they hit a wall and they say, you know what, I got to figure out how to build a website. So then they spend all this time building a website. Then they have their website up and they're like, okay, now I got to figure out how to drive traffic to my website to get leads. And so now then they go figure out how to do that. And eventually they just are like, I'm just not good at this. I can't do it. And they quit and they walk away. They do something else. But instead of that, if you can figure out what you're really good at and figure out the who, like who already knows how to do that. You take the person who, who knows, already, already knows how to do that and you plug them in. And then the two of you, like they already know you're saving time. Like you can just go, you're going in the same direction. Let them do that stuff. Like I hate talking on the phone. And when I started driving traffic and leads to my, my real estate business, I didn't want to send any more mail out or any more marketing because the phone would ring more. And I don't like talking on the phone. When I hired somebody to talk on the phone, I was like, send the mail. Like I'll dump more money at it. It's working. Dump more money. And then I hated going on the appointments. Like I hated leaving my family on a Saturday to go sit in somebody's house for three hours to tell me they don't know how much their house is worth. And then 
I give them an offer and they kick me out and say, I'd rather burn my house down for that. And they go out to the porch and they say, that house sold for this, that house sold for this, that house. I was like, you could have saved me three hours, dude. This guy just wanted some company. It's like lonely. And I'm leaving my family for three hours. So when I hired a sales rep to go into houses and do that, who, is, who love their job, that's what they like to do. They don't mind spending some time with somebody trying to build rapport. Then I said, okay, let's go on all the appointments. Like, I don't care if they want retail. I don't care if they want double retail. Go on the appointments, send them. And that's when the business took off because I was able to do the things that I'm really good at, which is turning the dials in the back end, like looking at the money, looking at like sending the marketing, doing all that stuff, looking at the KPIs, looking at the numbers. And if you're not good at that stuff, hire somebody to do that and you do the sales side. I love it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, not that I'm anywhere near that level yet, but I've hired a few virtual assistants that have just, I mean, just the, just the ability to have someone else edit my videos or my podcast. I mean, that saves me two, three, four hours, everything I do. And it's allowed me to go from one or two videos a week to right now I'm doing four. And you know, it's incredible. And I also do not like the fielding of the phone calls. So, which is funny. I think it's just, I get to be flashbacks from recruiting duty, but it's like, yeah. So, all right. So I do have a few questions that I always ask. Yes. And the first one is if an E1, E2 was to walk up to you looking for life advice, what would be the first thing that you would want to tell them? Get your financial house in order first. Is that short enough for you? Like I see a lot of E2s, uh, early uh, enlisted folks that will buy that new car or overextend themselves, keep up with the Joneses, um, really figure out your savings plan, your investment strategy, and figure out like your financial house. Um, yep. that's, yeah, but uh, how can I save and buy a Mustang? You don't buy a Mustang. Unless, actually you can buy a Mustang. You can buy a 1987, like two liter Mustang. <laughs> Still and so just don't- 30% interest. Like, Look, uh, I'd say look around, look around at the people that you want to emulate. And like the interesting thing is on the surface, like everything is, is not what it seems. So the person who you're sitting next to on an airplane who is dressed, I don't know, like me, t-shirt, shorts, sandals, flip-flops, like, uh, like Alex pink shirt, like, you know, they might be have $10 million in the bank. Like that, that's the kind like, go read the millionaire next door and just execute on that. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Stop chasing the consumer as a dream, like wearing fancy clothes and a nice car. It's like those people now I know that I'm painting with a broad brush, but I've been in fan, finance and, and consumer and commercial lending for a very long time. The people who are the flashiest are generally the, in the worst shape or I wouldn't say the worst shape, but it's not the, the flashiness far out exceeds, uh, exceeds what, uh, what they really have in my experience. Um, and like you said, the guy who dresses with the pink shirt, right? It's like that guy has his stuff together. I mean, just, you know, for an example. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So if you had to recommend, uh, like, what, what resource, uh, whether that's a book, course, website, would you recommend anyone looking to get started in real estate? Hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, here's, here's my recommendation for this. Um, everybody starts, seems to start like in the same place. Part of the reason why I wanted to put this veterans REI live event together was because I don't think you need to start in one place. Like I don't think you need to start as a wholesaler. I don't think you need to start as a flipper. I don't think you need to start with the same book. I don't think you need to start with the same course. Like I'm really big on personal development. I read a lot, but I used to, I used to try to read 50 books a year. And that was like a goal for me because I saw somebody else do it and I was like, oh, they read 50 books a year. They got to be really smart or CEOs read all these books. And I, I did that for two years 
and I, I was getting some nuggets, but I wasn't implementing anything. And it, it was, what it was doing is causing confusion for me. Like I wasn't focused. It was giving me, like I have, all, I have too many ideas and I, I, a lot of times I have trouble filtering them down and focusing on them. And so what now I, I tell people is go figure out like what you need now. What do you need today to move forward and go do that? Like read that book, follow that person and look for somebody that you, that you relate to, that you can kind of, um, you, you, you could follow. Like they have your core values, you're attracted to them. Um, um, their, core, their values, those kind of things and follow them. Like listen to what they say, do what they say. And uh, that's what I did. I, I lucked out and to drop into the right group around the right people from the start, the very first. But you can start with commercial real estate. You can start with mobile home parks. You can start flipping. You can start wholesaling. You can start as a re- landlord. You can start lending money. You can start there. Like you don't have to start like here at the bottom and say, I got to start as a wholesale. Everybody's like, oh, start wholesaling because it doesn't take any money. Well, I, I, have, I have plenty of thoughts on that too. So um, as a, like a volume wholesaler that we do $3 million in, or more in profit per year, like I know what it takes to, to do it right. And so I got a lot of feelings on that. I, I'd say like it, there's, there's very specific books that I would recommend for very specific areas and places, but just go find your world, like find your tribe, find your community, listen to a bunch of stuff in the beginning, like take in a bunch of information and say, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in that. My recommendation is come to our event. They come to Veterans REI Live because you will hear 20 different people tell their story, their niche, and you'll say, it's like a job fair. It's a career fair for real estate uh, uh, investors or potential real estate investors. And they say, oh, I can do that. Like, I have that skill set. Like Alex said, that's my strengths. I'm going to go do that. So I've never seen an event like that before. Everybody's like, oh, I got to spend a bunch of money to go to this multifamily event. I got to spend a bunch of money to go to this real estate event or the flipping event or the wholesaling event. So, I mean, obviously I'm really proud of the stuff that we put out, but it's not for everybody. It's not. And I know that everybody's got their own community. Go find the place that you like find your tribe and just go all in there. Go all in there. I love it. Oh, and for the record, for those of you listening, it's not just for veterans. You can go to the event if you're not a veteran. So, uh, although most of you listening to this are veterans, so it's probably pointless for me to say that being said, uh, Bill, where can people get a hold of you? What's the best, what's the best of the social platforms you're experimenting with? Well, the interesting thing is, is people that are watching this are probably on YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube channel, a seven figure flipping YouTube channel. So you can subscribe there. You can watch our show, this seven day flip series that we have coming out. Um, everybody's got their own place. That's the thing. Like everybody's got their own world that they live in, right? If they're on Facebook, we got a, a Facebook group, if you're, a seven figure flipping group. If you uh, go to a website, seven figure flipping, will show you all that stuff. Instagram, obviously, um, I've tr- been trying to give a shout out for that for me because I don't have any friends. So <laughs> Uh, I'm Bill, Bill Allen REI on there. So at Bill Allen REI, um, I'll, I'll be testing. You'll see, I'm testing a lot of stuff. Uh, Alex, you might like it. I just put up a bunch of pictures of um, my trip to Africa last year. Some awesome photography. So if you like photography, I was like, let me try and see what like these pictures of the safari are, are like, you know, do, are people going to respond to this? Like, what's it like? What's the hashtags that I can play with and use and bring in some uh, people that might want to follow me. So um, yeah. And I have a podcast, seven figure flipping podcast. That's what I'm probably most proud of. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, and we've had some awesome uh, guests on there. Yeah, you have, you definitely have. And I'll be, I'll be sure to, uh, tag your Instagram in this when it comes out, try to try to give you some of them, them followers. Give me some friends. I need some <laughs> friends. I'm, I don't have any friends. Um, oh, yeah. The, the one thing that I will say is we, we haven't mentioned like how to get tickets at, at veterans REI live. So you can oh, yeah. go to veteranslive.com. So veteranslive.com and grab your tickets there. So hopefully you hung out till the end of the show. 
<laughs> well, I mentioned in the intro that it'll be in the show notes. So you're, oh, you're, nice. you're, you're, you're good. So awesome. Bill, thank you very much for joining us. It is always a pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. I'm excited about this event. I'm excited to see you guys. I'm, I'm most excited to take notes from, uh, from both of you guys because uh, I'm sure that you're going to share some stuff that I don't know. And I'm going to be a learner on that thing. I'll be emceeing it. I'll be running it. But my iPad's going to be full of notes from that, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes, now get out there and take action.